Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Abriana Lopez. All right, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 424. And we are recording live on July the 22nd. Abriana, how are you? You are in Sonoma or somewhere? I am. I'm in Sonoma. Um, I'm here for the um, Mobile Marketing Association CEO and CMO Summit. So it's beautiful. It's really hot. It's cool at night, but um, there's definitely worse places to be. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, um, I'm in Toronto right now, but uh, heading out to California tomorrow as well. Uh, we have two LBMA events this week, one in San Francisco tomorrow evening, and then one in LA on Thursday evening. Uh, so a lot's going on and, uh, and then next week we're, we have a New York chapter event as well on August 1st. So plenty of activity. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very hot here. It's been like crazy hot here in Toronto with the humidity the last little while, but uh, it kind of broke the humidity at least broke. It's still like temperature wise hot, but crazy, crazy. Anything helps. I know Atlanta is so hot and humid right now. It was like really nice to get out of that. At least there's not really any humidity here, but it's definitely um, really hot uh, and the sun is like beaming, but I don't mind. You know, I live in Atlanta. I can handle it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we've got a slightly modified show for you this week. We have two industry news stories, two member news stories, and we do have a guest as well. Uh, to kind of break things up. So I'll let Abriana kick it off as per usual. All right. Well, I'm kicking it off with a story from a company called Project Verde or Verti, or I'm not sure how you say it, but I'm going to go with Verde. Um, and they have launched this product called My Verde, which is basically this online marketplace for direct to consumer brands. Um, and interesting, this is an Atlanta based company. So they just launched like a few weeks ago with over a hundred different brands. And what this product does is it allows, um, brands to connect like with new e well, allows consumers to connect with new e-commerce brands. But for brands, what it does is it's providing them um, a few different tools. One, they have, uh, fulfillment services, inventory financing, and what I find to be kind of the most controversial or, you know, interesting piece of this is they have, it's like an Uber style rating feature for consumers. And apparently the, the challenge with these types of brands, when you have like a, you know, a brand that you might see that you could shop on from Instagram, let's say, um, brand, I guess they have a problem with like serial returns. So you have a consumer who buys a lot, but they return like almost everything. So now it allows, um, these, these brands to block shoppers from being able to even shop or um, even view specific things and um, and buy because they're having I guess an, an you know they could say hey if this any customers that have less than four stars we're not going to allow them to shop our brand so super interesting so if you return too many items people are watching you apparently um, and it also helps brands identify who the more valuable shoppers are um, which definitely makes sense. So returns in the U.S. last year, you'll never guess this, cost uh, retailers $369 billion in lost sales. That's insane. So for me, this is like a super interesting product. Obviously, it is meeting a real challenge um, in the retail marketplace, but I do find this a little bit controversial. Like maybe you do 
a lot of Amazon, you know, shopping or you buy a lot of clothes, but the challenge is when you're buying online, they may not fit you. So you would have a high rate of return. Um, so I feel like this, you know, it's a little controversial to me, like who decides what's right or wrong or what's too much in terms of returning clothing. I mean, if they buy something and, you know, if they buy five items and return four, you still sold one item. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think you just have to de determine like what your projections are going to be based on, you know, several months of this information. So, you know, I think that the key is to really make sure that customers have the ease of, of use and ease of shopping and returning. Um, and I would assume that, that with clothing things, which is a lot of these, um, brands, you're thinking they would have a higher rate of return anyways, right? I mean, you have to try stuff on and if it doesn't fit, you're not going to keep it. So I feel like this is interesting, but I also feel like it is meeting a need. So I'm kind of interested to see if this is like, is this some sort of discrimination? Is this like return discrimination? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's super fascinating, right? I, and, and I think, you know, it, it's, I'm not against this. Like, I, I think that if, if we as consumers can be so demanding on the brands that we're shopping and wanting to control, you know, our data and not being tracked and all this sort of stuff that, you know, everybody's talking about, um, then I think the same should be, you know, equally possible on the other side, right? In terms of having the brands basically decide who they want to engage with. Um, and, um, you know, if it's really $369 billion that they're losing, that's a lot of money. And so anything you can do to reduce that number and have a little better uh, balance between, uh, you know, the, the sales versus the returns aspect of things, I think is, is uh, makes sense to me, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I like it. I, I think that, I mean, there's obviously a lot more to this platform than just the, uh, the rating of consumers based on returns, but that's certainly the most controversial piece. And I think it's, it's one that's fascinating to me. I, I remember we've had a couple of things like this over the years that we've been doing this show, right? So I remember there was one where um, people could rate uh, wait staff at different restaurants and bars. And there was like publicly posted ratings of that. And then employees uh, sorry, employers could actually, you know, do the same about their staff. And, and so that gets kind of controversial too, because then, you know, like you're, you know, if you get a bad rating and you're working at a place, then you're like, you know, well, um, you know, do I, do I still want to work here? Or should I be looking for another job and all these things that it creates. Right. So, um, <laughs> but, but, but I think there's, you know, to our whole topic that we keep you know bringing up on this show uh, about transparency of data, I think, you know, if you extend that out further into, you know, what are people doing uh, behavior wise, uh, both on the, in this case, the buyer side, as well as the supplier side, I think then um, it's fair, right? So. It's true. There you go. All right. All right. Yeah. On to, on to our second story. Uh, so uh, near, which is a uh, big time location based player out of uh, Singapore, uh, has announced a new injection of capital, $100 million for online offline AI uh, that they've raised. This is a lot of money uh, in our space. Um, certainly, we've seen big investments, but this is an extremely big one, especially for uh, a company coming out of that part of the world. Um, and, um, you know, so it's a cloud-based AI platform that they have called AllSpark. Uh, it, one of the interesting things about it for me is where a lot of the platforms that we're used to talking about on this show, place IQs and factuals and all those kinds of guys, you know, have limited scope in the geographies that they serve. This platform's available in 44 countries, they say. 
um, and they create anonymized location-based profiles of users. Uh, they say they currently track 1.6 billion users per month. Uh, that's a lot of people uh, on the planet. Um, and they have a number of data sources from mobile devices to other data partners to mobile carrier data, et cetera. Um, and it's all built on a privacy by design platform. So um, it's super interesting. Uh, certainly this is a company we've known for a long time. Uh, this is a huge inject injection of capital uh, to continue to grow this thing out um, in terms of both the platform and their geographic reach. Um, yeah, uh, and apparently revenue is pretty good. And the other interesting thing is this is money, you know, basically uh, coming from, you know, kind of one source. Single backer funding, funding this thing. Uh, it's called Greater Pacific Capital. They're out of London, England. This is the seri a Series D for near, uh, so they've previously raised $134 million. Uh, and they have some pretty big customers. News Corp, MetLife, MasterCard, WeWork, you know, all use near uh, in various ways and places. So um, pretty interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I think it is interesting. Um, I do really like the fact that they are doing this anonymously. Um, sounds very familiar to some things going on, uh, more to come on that. But I think that, you know, uh, it, it makes sense. And that is a huge investment, which I think actually shows that that is where the market is shifting to. Um, you know, I think that there is a challenge in the space with the fact that, uh, you know, brands and retailers really want to engage with this level of data, but they have a fear of having to rip out technology because of privacy concerns and sensitivity. And as laws roll out, the last thing you want to have to do is completely change your tech stack. So I think this makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, I'm really interested to see the direction that this goes. And I mean, from one single backer, that's pretty impressive. So good for them. Yeah, very good. So they, check it out uh, if you're in Singapore or anywhere else. Uh, Near is a player that you should be uh, watching out for. So uh, take a look. Um, 100 million bucks to, to grow that business. So all right. So that's our two industry news stories for this week. Um, before we get into the member news, uh, I had a chance earlier in the week to sit down with one of our members, uh, Harvey, uh, over at uh, Geo Broadcast Solutions. Now, Geo Broadcast Solutions is a—they've been a member for about a year and a bit or so—and um, they're really interesting because you know at the LBMA we talk a lot about you know how location data isn't only about mobile, it's not only about online, it's really about all media and. Uh, when I say all media, I mean all media. And so these guys are in the radio business, like, and I'm talking not Spotify and Pandora, I'm talking terrestrial radio, like, you know, you get in your car over broadcast radio signal. Um, and so they built a really fascinating platform. They're working with the FCC on all sorts of tests right now. Um, but essentially, you know, what they do is take a single radio broadcast stream and be able to break it down into different areas, geofences, segments, and then deliver different ad content into each one across a single broadcast, which is super cool and super interesting and super relevant right now. So anyways, that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, here's Harvey Wells. He's uh, the uh, VP of sales and marketing over there, and uh, he can tell you all about it. Um, so here he is. All right. I'm super excited this week, folks, because we have a guest on our show, and his name is Harvey Wells. He's a vice president uh, for sales and marketing at a uh, LBMA member company called Geo Broadcast Solutions. Harvey, welcome to this week in location-based marketing. 
Thanks. I'm super excited to be here because I'm used to just being audio. So the fact that there's video too really is exciting for me. Well, there you go. Right. And as our audience is about to find out, you guys are uh, playing in the radio business. So you're truly like typically just audio. Um, and, and so, uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're bringing, uh, we're bringing you into the video world today. So um, yeah, so Geo Broadcast Solutions, um, relatively new member of the LBMA. You guys have been with us for about a year uh, or so. Um, and uh, you're in a unique space. You're, you're kind of working in that radio space, and people who listen to this show are probably sitting there going, what does radio have to do with location-based marketing? Because um, you know, yeah. they, they think of it as mobile, they think of it as out of home, they think of it as uh, all of that, but um, you know, uh, radio is something we don't talk enough about, I think, uh, in, our, in our world, and so maybe just kick things off, tell a little bit about, you know, who is Geo Broadcast Solutions? What are you guys about? Where are you based? All that. Sure. Well, first of all, yeah, radio has been around for obviously a hundred years now. So it's sort of like always been around. It's always been there and somewhat taken for granted as we move along in all the new technology that has come about over the last several years. But radio still remains. I like to call it the original social media. It's one-to-one -one communication. And uh, I've been in radio that my entire career, over 40 years on the station side of things in Chicago and Los Angeles, a couple of other markets, yeah, managing radio stations and actually was on the air for several years as well. So I've seen radio develop and I've also seen the other technology develop. What Geo Broadcast Solutions has done, not only taking me away from the station level, but has developed two really interesting technologies, one of which uh, is called max casting, the other of which, which is geo-based, and what we're going to talk about today is zone casting. Uh, really quickly, max casting just allows a radio station to take its signal and further enhance it, and we're doing that in several markets around the country, in Boston, and Los Angeles, and Seattle, and a bunch of other U.S. Uh, markets. That is something we can do now, and what's interesting about that is if you drive around and you see something called the RDS screen, if you're driving around and you look at the screen, oftentimes you'll see album cover art uh, on that screen. You can see the title and the artist. You can see a number of different things. What we can do right now with our max casting is on the RDS screen, allow people to geotarget depending upon what area of the city they might be in. So that's a fascinating thing that we can do today. The other really fascinating technology, and the thing that I think can be a game changer for the radio broadcasting industry, is called zone casting. This is something that we have developed and patented, and we're trying to get the FCC to make a very simple rule change to allow a radio station on a single frequency to split its signal and have different content. So imagine being in a market where I am in Chicago, a very, very large market. Uh, we have north suburbs, we have south suburbs, we have west suburbs, and east suburbs, you'd be a fish in Lake Michigan. But everybody else, uh, is it's a very large market. Imagine a someone in the north suburbs hearing one commercial or one traffic report, somebody in the south suburb hearing another traffic or commercial for their area. That's what zone casting has the capability of doing, and that's what's gotten me very excited. So, so, so basically hitting up the cops and the, the Cubs and the Sox, you know, uh, you know, advertising oh, to, to the right markets, depending on where you are, right? 
you know Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of those rear north side Sox fans, but yes, uh, that is exactly right. The Cub fan would hear something in the north, and the Sox fan would hear something in the south, and, and somebody could hear something else. Yes, exactly correct. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, fascinating stuff. I mean, the, the ability, I, I mean, with mobile, obviously, you know, we see it every day right now. I mean, it's, it's sort of almost table stakes now in terms of being able to you know, know where somebody is and geotarget within a, uh, a specific uh, neighborhood or geofence area. But to do that on a single, um, you know, frequency and to be able to split a frequency into zones uh, and run different content, that's a whole other thing uh, in radio and, and you know, certainly uh, game changing uh, in terms of what you're doing. So give us an example of, um, you know, I, obviously I threw, you know, just a hypothetical example, but give us a real example of, of how this has been working. I understand like in, in France, this has uh, been happening for a while and, and um, you know, give, give us a real example of, of, you know, how you see this playing out. Well, the technology actually has been uh, with the FCC, we've been given experimental authority in Milwaukee. Uh, we've done tests in Milwaukee. We've done tests in uh, spring, uh, Sebring, Florida. Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. What we've been able to do is take a single frequency, Milwaukee, for example. We're not allowed to do separate commercials, but we were allowed to do separate announcements so that as you were driving around the city of Milwaukee, you literally were hearing different content uh, based on where you were. And you mentioned France. This technology is working. We've got it working very well. And as I mentioned earlier, and get to it in a couple of minutes of what we need from the FCC. But in France, they have a very interesting system going right now on 107.7 FM. They have thousands of kilometers of highway, you know, like that uh, Canada kilometers thing. Uh, it, in the U.S., of course, we call them miles uh, yeah. of the highway all uh, set up so that no matter where you are on the highway in France, you'll be hearing the same programming content. But if there's an emergency traffic, they can break in with traffic information based on just a few miles. So you don't have to hear the same content if you're 100 miles away from Paris, yet if you're in the area of Paris, you will hear some emergency or breaking traffic information. That's one example of the way that we can do content. What we're really excited about as well is in the area of like political advertising, for example. Mm -hmm. I in the United States running for Congress, if you're in an, an area like New York and you're, but in the New York City metropolitan area, and you're running for a congressional district in Connecticut, there's no reason for you to hit an area of Long Island or an area of New Jersey. It just doesn't make sense. And the problem right now is radio might be left as the only medium without the ability to geotarget uh, in, in the next uh, year or so after television has a chance to do that with something called ATSC 3.0. When that comes out, radio without this technology will be the only medium left that won't be able to geotarget. And as you know, everybody is demanding that today. So yeah. that's something yeah. that needs to happen. Absolutely. No, no. I, I mean, it's, it's, you can't, you can't almost, you can't exist in media today without geotargeting. I mean, obviously, you know, we see it every day at the LBMA with, you know, across the member base, across the brands, across the media buyers. Uh, you know, this is, it, it's in demand. Not only is it in demand, I, I mean, I think you guys have a unique solution. You have a, a, a way to solve, solve the issue for, you know, for radio. 
but but as that happens and as it moves along, then you know you'll have the same questions that the rest of the industry has that that come up against you is how do you measure this stuff? You know, where's the attribution? All those things that we're dealing with in in the rest of the uh, the media segments today. Um, sure. And, and so those are things obviously you're going to want to uh, to address. You know, right off the bat. Um, you know, kind of almost you, you have that. Maybe maybe you're the last, but last sometimes is good in that uh, yeah. you know, the ability to leapfrog. Uh, you know, and kind of having observed kind of, you know, the advances in all the other segments, right? So, well, one thing we've, we've learned, there's a trust in radio because it's been around for so long. Uh, there's no monkeying around with uh, any kind of robotics or any kinds of things that you can do. You're, you're talking about a company like Nielsen, which measures ratings. You're talking about the ability to aggregate those numbers. And here's where it really gets interesting. You can take radio right now has been running in the digital realm for a while. As you know, they've been collecting data on their mm -hmm. listeners. They've been streaming. They've been doing things already in the online and interactive world. If you can find a way to merge the on-air terrestrial radio signal with a radio station's database, along with its streaming metrics, you now have really uh, an entire plate of, uh, of, of information that you can give to a potential advertiser, a buffet, as it were. We'll give you our stream. We'll give you mm -hmm. our metrics of our database. We'll give you geo-targeting on the terrestrial signal. That's a lot of information and a lot of data that radio has uniquely the ability to do if it can geo-target. We have an issue with the FCC, which we're asking the media industry to help us to change a simple sentence in the FCC rules. So instead of saying you cannot run separate programming on a single frequency, it would allow radio stations to air different programming on a single frequency. Simple as that. We're yep. done. We can market. Awesome. All right. Well, um, you know, before we wrap up, uh, obviously, you know, that's what you want to happen. We, we, right. hope, we hope that that does happen on uh, the FCC. We sure do. That. But uh, um, where, where do you see kind of radio evolving to your solution evolving to like, even just in the near term, like six to 12 months from now, kind of what's next? The next step is, as I mentioned, we have, uh, we're working with uh, uh, the, the FCC and uh, the people, uh, attorneys who have uh, sort of shepherded ATSC 3.0 to get to the FCC to change this one simple sentence, which goes back, by the way, to before anything called digital was even uh, was even thought about in anybody's brain. I mean, the radio goes back so far, no one ever thought that the technology would ever be there to be able to split a signal, and we can do it seamlessly, and, and we've proven it. So what we need right now is the broadcasters to help us with the FCC, to change that rule to say, yes, we will allow the radio industry to say yes or no. We're not saying everybody has to do it. There are certain markets where it wouldn't make sense. I was in Springfield, Illinois for a while, and there'd be no reason necessarily for a Springfield, Illinois, which is a small embedded market, to do this. But let's say a, a market's the size and it doesn't really necessarily matter here because, yes, New York, LA, Chicago, certainly. But there are markets like Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. There are markets like Albany, Schenectady, Detroit in, in the United States, which are not that large, but which have very different trading zones which could really benefit from this technology. So over the next 12 months, we're bringing this to market. We're showing that it works. We're getting the radio industry excited enough to join us by going to the FCC and saying, hey, change that rule and allow radio to geotarget. 
All we're asking is to give the ability to do it. Awesome. So again, for our audience, we've been chatting with uh, Harvey Wells. He's a VP of uh, sales and marketing at geo broadcast solutions. Uh, you can find more about them at geo broadcast solutions.com. Uh, Harvey, thank you so much uh, for your time uh, and coming on the show and sharing with us. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very well. Amazing solution. Yeah, we really appreciate it. So, uh, and looking forward to seeing you soon. Take care. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Harvey. Appreciate you coming on board to do that. Um, uh, really fascinating. We look forward to seeing you at Retail Loco and uh, in the fall in Atlanta and um, chatting more about Geo Broadcast Solutions. So if you're in the radio business, check it out. Uh, just go to geobroadcastsolutions.com. All right. Okay. Uh, so we'll shift over to member news now. And as always, I'll kick off uh, this portion of the show with a um, really an update story. Uh, so one of our, um, uh, you know, good members out there is, uh, they're all good members, but one of our, our, our big, uh, big member players here, especially in, in, in uh, North America is T-Mobile. And uh, they've launched something called an NBIOT asset tracking solution. NB, for those who aren't uh, technology people, uh, means uh, narrow band, and we're talking about IoT, Internet of Things. And so they've launched this narrow band IoT asset tracking solution, uh, and they've done this in partnership using Rome B's uh, platform. It's called Be Aware. Um, and they're doing this at a very cool price point of $10 per device per month. Uh, includes portal access uh, and uh, access to the uh, NB IoT data. So what I love about this is when we look at location-based marketing, when we look at indoor tracking, we look at all these kinds of things, um, you know, typically there's a lot of infrastructure spend. There's, there's usually a lot of cost in this. And they've been able to take this down to a very low cost uh, play here at $10 per device uh, per month. And so it's, especially if you're talking about like things like hospitals or stadiums or you know big you know resort properties or whatever and you have a lot of equipment that goes wandering around you know mri machines or whatever um or just carts you know with with stuff on it being able to tag where those things are and be able to, to geolocate them you know on the fly you know using this kind of asset tracking capability i think makes a ton of sense um and there's always been a sort of a demand for for lower cost solutions in this area so I'm really excited to kind of that they're moving into the space. And it's not just while this is a T-Mobile story, all the other carriers are lining up now too to provide similar solutions. So I, I think you're going to see this new sort of revolution around low cost asset tracking, uh, both indoors and outdoors, uh, to know where stuff is on the go. Um, you know, as it kind of just gets misplaced or moved around or or whatever the case might be. And uh uh, doing that over, you know, very, very small packets of data being that's what the narrow band is we're talking about here. So in other words, you don't need to go take a, you know, a, a SIM card, you know, on the regular, you know, cellular network and plug that into every device and paying the cost of, of that. We're talking about very, very small bits of data to be able to know where these things are, uh, which is why we can do it at, uh, at such a low cost. So uh, I'm excited about this. I think this, this could as an industry anyways, not T-Mobile, yes, but overall, I think this is, this is game changing for, for a lot of, a lot of companies. 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen this type of asset tracking before. We just haven't really seen it from any of the carriers, which is really interesting. Obviously, the carriers are always looking to, you know, diversify their revenue streams, as is any business. But, um, you know, this makes complete sense, right? You have more of like a B2B play here for um, T-Mobile than a B2C play, which is where they typically fit. So I find this really intriguing. And um, and obviously, there's a need for it. But, um you know, it make it it makes more sense for a carrier to be providing this level of a solution, right? Because they have at their disposal, um, you know, lots of of uh, signals that they can utilize way more than even you know somebody who's creating this that's not a carrier that we've seen in the past. So, I think it makes sense because they can just bake everything in, and um, I I would expect that they would have a lot of success with this. Yeah, and they talk about, you know, use cases in, in uh, airports with airlines uh, being able to track stuff, which makes tons of sense to me. Um, you know, I, I can see this in automotive. I can see this in mining. I can see this in so many different areas. Um, so I, I think there's huge applications for this, and uh, I'm glad to see companies like T-Mobile jumping on board. So check it out. If you're kind of in that space, uh, take a look at what, uh, you know, uh, T-Mobile is doing with narrowband and IoT asset tracking. I mean, definitely in automotive, you think of like OnStar and the vehicle tracking feature, like LoJack and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. it's like so much more affordable than anything there, right? Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, our last story today is um, from a company that we know very well here at the LBMA. Um, and they have hosted Retail Loco for us for a two years, I think the past yeah. two years yeah. in Seattle, yeah. Moz. Um, yeah, so Moz has launched a new um, a new product called Local Market Analytics, and this is kind of interesting. So, um, you know, they're they're doing this to show SEO and marketers like performance within local markets um, through an automated it's automated hyperlocal search engine results pages or SERP. Um, and so they have this tracking and analytics, powerful data visualizations, deep competitive insights. Um, for location-based and online businesses, which is obviously really necessary. But, you know, what Moz did is they saw uh, sort of like this opening in, in this niche market because Google has had, uh, you know, this extreme focus on localization recently. And so between that and then there was an algorithm update which gave local SERP features new abilities. So, um, you know, this is kind of like a, there's a continued focus on local search you know, I always find this very interesting because it's really hard to do local search really well because um, whenever you have something like, you know, Google or any search engine, obviously you're not getting the data that they're getting. Like you're not getting an IP address. You're not getting that information as a, as a company. Only Google is getting that, right? Or the search engine itself is getting that. So it's something that, you know, really needs to be done uh, at scale. And so Moz is obviously well positioned to do something like this. They've been in the SEO space for a long time. And it makes sense. I mean, really, this is just kind of more of an announcement, but, you know, continuing to stay um, on point with the changes that are happening in the marketplace and, and that directly pertain to their niche. So I would expect that this will provide a lot of value for a lot of their local customers. Yeah, I think this is really smart. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great extension of what they already do. I think that um, understanding, you know, sort of the, the geo aspects of, of search and kind of, um, what performance looks like. So, I mean, as an industry overall, not just in search, but in location-based marketing, we're constantly talking about attribution, right? And being able to kind of 
drill that down into understanding local market and, and kind of the performance of the spend, if you will, at a geo level, I think is really interesting, right? And I think increasingly we're going to see, you know, multi-location businesses, whether that's franchises or retailers or what have you, want to have that type of data. Um, so I, I think this makes a ton of sense to me and yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out, but, uh, you know, good for, for Moz for taking that step and kind of rolling out a solution. Yeah. That's it. So that's our show for this week. Two industry news stories, two member news stories, and a guest interview with our good friend Harvey at Geo Broadcast Solutions. Uh, you've been listening to episode number 424 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. And of course, as always, we'll be back next week with another show for you. Um, keep listening, keep watching. If you have story ideas, reach out to us. We're easily found on all the social media channels. If you're watching the video version of this, all the contact information is at the end of the show. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.